You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. All right, Greg, let's hit it first with Mac Jones. Of course, I was seeing all over Twitter today. I had you on my show down in Virginia earlier today as well, talking about Mac and what he showed all of you at practice. From what I read, a pretty good day for Mac Jones. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, look, I, I think he's had two pretty good days. He had a bit of a uh, a lesser day, I would say, the last open OTA before the mini camp, and um, that led a lot of people to say this and that about Mac Jones. But um, give the kid credit. Um, it seems like every bump in the road, he sort of learns from it and overcomes it and, and is better the next practice. I mean, Monday's practice was in a heavy rain almost the entire uh, length of practice and I thought he was by far the best quarterback he was he was accurate he was decisive D- couldn't even tell that it was raining outside that probably um, tickled Belichick a little bit we know how he loves to squeeze the water bottle onto the balls and things like that during training camp and so I'm sure he really liked that and the other guys kind of struggled a little bit and then uh, today I thought it was much of the same thing and and it's it's hard to quantify. Like, you know, you can have stats, and, and I even had stats today. Sorry, I just forgot I had it on a different notepad. So <laughs> in the, the just to go back, because I mostly just wanted to see how many reps I had. And, and from the competitive periods, I had Cam Newton was 8 of 15, and Mac Jones was 17 of 26. He had the two interceptions. He also two drops were, were put into there. So it was good. He's he's been I would say he's been pushing the ball much more down the field. Um, not all of it's been perfect. I can remember, I'm not sure if it was Bourne or Aguilar, but uh actually I'm pretty sure it was Aguilar because it was Jalen Mills uh, has basically been taking Stefan Gilmore's spot at left cornerback right um w- during the ho- holdout. And at one point I think it was it was Isaiah Zuber tried to beat him down the right sideline. And I think Zuber had like a half a step, and I think Mac Jones made a beautiful pass that basically went through Zuber's hands down the right sideline. And Jalen Mills just would not stop yapping, like back to the huddle. <laughs> it, it just was it was nonstop. It was he was saying I couldn't make out exactly what he said, and of course, according to media protocols, I can't say what he said, but it was along the lines of like you know. You know, I was a track star. I don't know what you guys are thinking, you know, all this stuff. A couple of plays later, Mac Jones comes back to it, and I think it was Aguilar 
had him by a couple of steps, and Mac Jones made a pretty good pass. It just didn't have enough air under it, um, and it overthrew Aguilar by a little bit. Um, so you know he's pushing the ball down the field more, and I thought he was. I thought he was better. I thought you know Newton has kind of struggled. I think where Mac Jones really differentiates himself, um, and it's not going to come through in stats. And this, this is why I don't keep stats all the time. It's just how you play the position relative to the Patriots scheme. And, and you and I have talked about it ad nauseum. And even Cam talked about it today, and I give him credit, where he said something about, like, Mac, uh, Josh McDaniels has told him, like, you know, pre-snap preparation will lead to uh, post-snap success or something along those lines. And that's exactly what you and I have talked about since Cam Newton's been the quarterback here. Um, at a certain point in time, he's not winning before the snap, which means he's going to fail after the snap. And with Mac Jones, you can see each and every day he gains a little bit more in terms of, hey, I I can see what's coming. I go to the outlet really quick. Um, you can see him even when they're doing routes on air and say like J- Jared Stidham's going and it's the quarterback and you know the five receiving targets and they hear the play call, McDaniels calls it out. And you can see Mac Jones, like behind the quarterback, uh, almost with his eyes closed, going like you see him working. He's like he heard, hears the play call, and he's like, "All right, double slant this way." Then I wait and I come back and I go over here. Like he he's doing this stuff all the time, and he's always talking to Brian Hoyer. He's always talking to Josh McDaniels, and that's really where he stands out. And I said that I think that I wrote that the first practice that we saw Mac Jones where it was like you know he called out he he, him and Aguilar recognized a slot blitz coming and Mac Jones goes I know and boom the ball's out and he goes for 50 yards Cam Newton had a similar play today he waits a beat and then you know Hunter Henry catches the ball but it's not in stride it's not in space and that's the difference and so I just think I think Mac Jones um, has been the best quarterback by far in minicamp so far what that means long-term, I'm not sure. But if you knew what you were looking for um, and you've been around and you've been a part of quarterback competitions and I've been part of it, you know, I've covered the Dolphins back when they didn't know who their quarterback was going to be. I've been on the practice field with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. That wasn't a competition, but still, um, there was a younger guy pushing him. I've seen, you know, Brady and Garoppolo. And I thought, sort of what we saw today about midway through practice was a bit different than um, than I've seen before. And and it felt like a shift, but we'll have to see how things played out. A couple of other observations that I read that you had, and also, again, I talked to you earlier today, and, and a couple of things. The reps you just mentioned, 26 to 15-ish. So Mac yep. Jones gets more reps than Cam today at practice. I think that's noteworthy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Mac is starting because of it. But it's noteworthy. And also, you mentioned that, you know, Mac was with McDaniels, Belichick, Patricia, Ernie Adams with the top offensive line on one field. And Cam was kind of off to the side with some other guys. And, and I just think, you know, these are little crumbs that they're, they're not mm-hmm. going to tell us the entire story, but they're little crumbs. And it goes along with the rest of the narrative that we've had from the beginning of this camp season, which is. Mac is getting involved a lot more than we thought. And Belichick is seemingly giving him more than we thought he would give him. 
and he seems like he's picking it up. Now, I want to look at the big picture, but first I want to ask you about Cam because we spent some time during the offseason talking about mechanics, and you know, you have shared the stories from your sources, guys in the building saying, hey, look, he was behind the eight ball last year. COVID, mm -hmm. didn't have a lot of time to figure it out, blah 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 What do you see from Cam? Is he the same guy, Greg? He's the same guy. I have noticed I've noticed little difference. I mean, from his mechanics, he's still throwing off his back foot, his footwork, um, you know, how he dips his back shoulder sometimes on like, you know, little 10, 15 yard throws where you really just need to boom, get it out, flick the wrist, get it out. Instead, he got to gear up to do it. And that's going to cause a problem against NFL defenses. Um, you know, his wrecking, I haven't seen him do anything advanced in terms of, you know, a play adjustment, things like that. Like there was a play um, on the first day of minicamp on Monday Yep, where they're just, and it was half speed. It wasn't that big of a deal. And maybe this was pre-planned. I don't know, but they come out. And again, it was very similar, you know, Cam Newton. Now I will say it looked like they were working on dummy calls, which in itself or dummy snap cadences, which in itself for Cam Newton would be uh, a step forward because we talked about it last year. You know, there's no, hey, these guys are coming, like, let me go, ready, set, and, like, you know, get them to jump. There wasn't yeah. anything like that with Cam. It was just <laughs> they snapped the ball, and the guys <laughs> would be coming full bore on blitzes, and forget it, they'd get run over. Um, and you're like, why don't they just say, like, hut one, uh, you know, something like that, or, and you know, like Aaron Rodgers does. So they were working on a drill that was doing that. So you're like, okay, that's cool. They're, they're doing that. And so here comes – Cam Newton, he comes out and, you know, he does, he does and, you know, they wait and okay. But then he goes through with the cadence. Now, Mac Jones gets up there. Mac Jones identifies the mic just like Cam Newton does. Ready, say, huh? Ready, say, huh? And then all of a sudden he does this motion where it looks like he's, it looks like Salt Bay or something like that. And he <laughs> audibles and all of a sudden they go from, from a very, like, say, two tight ends, two running backs, maybe one wide receiver in tight, a tight formation, all of a sudden he does this, he audibles, and all of a sudden it's shotgun four wide with a running back, and you're like, and all of a sudden he snaps the ball, boom, it's out, they beat the blitz. And you're just like, oh, okay, can Cam even do that? I don't know if he can. I haven't seen him do it yet. So um, in, in terms of, you know, not just – the throwing and the mechanics, but also where Cam is in the offense, I don't think he's made a ton of progress. And I think that that's sort of why there might be a little bit of a tilt. And let me explain to people, Nick, you know, the tilt that we saw today or like what, what I saw. And so they're going through practice and about for halfway through practice, it's the normal practice. Cam's getting the ones, Mac Jones is getting the two, Stidham's getting the threes and Hoyer's getting the leftovers. You know, this is, a whole bunch of different stuff, different drills that they're doing. Then all of a sudden they go to seven on seven and it's somewhat competitive, somewhat half speed. Cam is the quarterback to start, gets three, three snaps and he completes like three check downs. All of a sudden now it's Mac Jones and they're, they're working. This is seven on seven in the red zone, low red zone. And Mac Jones goes tight end to Hunter Henry. I mean, touchdown to Hunter Henry uh, completion to Brandon Bolden. Touchdown to Devin Asiasi. Would have been a touchdown again to, uh, to Hunter Henry, except they hit a paddle. One of the coaches holding the paddles. They hit a paddle. 
And then he completes uh, a touchdown to Matt Lacoste. So, you know, three touchdowns, four would have been touchdowns on five reps. So, and nobody else got low red zone reps there. Just Mac Jones. Then suddenly they break up into three fields. And we saw this also the first day where it's a quarterback goes with an offensive line. Uh, the One of the quarterbacks, uh, Mac Jones or Newton, Mac Jones and Newton each go with an offensive line and they work with a running back and they're going basically against a front seven in terms of run blocking, blitz pickup, stuff like that. And then on another field, Hoyer and Stidham are throwing passes to wide receivers and tight ends, uh, almost pseudo one-on-ones or seven-on-seven. So on day one, Mac Jones, when he went off to a side field in this circumstance, worked with the first team offensive line. Cam Newton worked with the second team offensive line. Okay, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Interesting, yep. Yeah. So day two, Mac Jones goes off to a side field and is a starting offensive line hmm. for the second straight day. Yeah. And so I'm like, wait a minute. Now then suddenly. Mind you, during the, the seven-on-seven low red zone period, Bill Belichick and Ernie Adams are, are in a deep discussion. And Ernie Adams is, like, moving his arms. Like, he's very animated. I don't know what they're talking about. They could have been talking about, you know, a Wesleyan lacrosse game for all I know. But <laughs> Ernie's, you know, everybody thinks he's retired, and all of a sudden he's out there flapping his arms all over the place, and Belichick's, yeah. like, listening to him I don't, while they're watching Mac Jones. He I really thought it was a lobster meal he recently had. Who knows? Exactly, yeah. And so – I thought that was interesting. So they go over into the – so Mac Jones is now with the first-team offensive line. Isaiah Wynn, um, Michael Wenu, David Andrews, Ted Karras, because Shaq Mason sat out today, along with Jonu Smith, or at least watched, and Trent Brown at right tackle, and plus a, a couple running backs like James White and whoever. And, and I look around, and who's watching Mac Jones? It's Bill Belichick. It's Ernie Adams. Josh McDaniels is coaching him. Mind you, there was a whole period earlier in the practice with Mac Jones in the tight ends where Josh McDaniels was there the entire time coaching everybody up. It was just Mac Jones in the tight ends. So you have the head coach, his consigliere, the offensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, probably everybody else. Everybody was watching Mac Jones. And I'm like, this is weird. And like, that's when I got the feeling like, Cam Newton must feel like the 16-year-old at like the kids' table at the holiday dinner, where like his younger sibling, how did he get to go to the adults' table? Like, what's right. the deal? Yeah. And then and then and then they go to 11 on 11. And Cam gets a couple, he gets three reps. Mac Jones then gets the next eight reps, including the first reps of red zone. So Mac got the end of one period and the beginning of the next. And during this entire time, Cam Newton is walking slowly all over the place. His head's down a little bit. He's off by himself. He's not with any of the other quarterbacks. He's not with any coaches. He is just standing there by himself. And I got that's when I got the feeling like I think Cam understands what's going on here. Yeah. Like, yep. There, there has been a shift because, like you and I talked about earlier on your radio show, and this is the other component of this. How many people have we heard? Okay, who believe that Cam Newton is going to be the starter, that there's no way Bill Belichick is going to start a rookie quarterback, blah, 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 Tom Brady, week four. Look, that might all be true. Okay, but how many times have we heard them say, like, you know, well, you know, the, the Patriots look at it like Cam didn't have, he didn't have weapons last year. He had, he came in, he signed late. 
He had COVID practices. They were remote. They weren't on the field that much, blah, blah, blah. Cam had COVID, all this stuff. We heard yep. this all offseason. Yep. They sign him back. Oh, well, now he's going to get all this. If that's the case, okay, and you know Cam Newton, if Bill Belichick has decided in his mind that Cam Newton is going to start for him this season, including against Tom Brady on Sunday night, then why, with the second-to-last practice before training camp starts for a guy who you know doesn't know enough about the Patriots' offense, hasn't repped with an, enough of these guys yet, especially the new additions, why is Mac Jones getting more snaps than him? Yeah. Why is he getting more attention? Right. It doesn't make any sense. If Cam Newton is your guy, he gets 75% of the snaps, and you worry about coaching Mac up on the side in training camp. Yep. No, to me, it it looks like they are hurrying him, that they are they are they are pushing him in a in a direction. They are trying to throw more and more at him because it seems like so far he might make mistakes when you throw stuff at him, but it's he's going to learn and he's not going to make the same mistake again. So they are throwing stuff at him with you know maybe one more practice on Wednesday left if they do it. Um, sometimes Belichick likes to do a, 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 a team bonding thing. So we'll have to see, but say they do have another practice tomorrow. Maybe Cam gets all the reps, but like if, if you're coming back in six weeks to train for the season after a seven to nine season and Cam is your guy. And, and a lot of these veterans have not been on the field yet for you. They haven't been here in OTAs. You would give Cam Newton almost all of the snaps to get him ready to speed him up, saying like, all right, you need to learn all this stuff, Cam. That's not what's going on. They're doing that for Mac Jones. They're not doing it for Cam Newton. All right, so there's a lot to unpack. Take a breath. <laughs> Sorry. Deep breath. It's okay. There's a lot to unpack. The first thing I will say is this, just to get the gist out of all of that. Number one, Belichick trusts Mac Jones that he can put a lot on his plate, and he will figure it out. And he also yep. trusts the fact that Mac Jones will be able to figure it out efficiently, right? At, he's, he's not going to take forever to put this thing together. I agree with the reps and everything you said. It certainly leans towards a quarterback competition. And that's something that we did not necessarily expect this early on. I, I think in my mind, it was like, hey, listen, they'll get through the, the, mini, the mini camp and then they'll get to camp in July. And then we'll see if, if he's progressed at that point. He has in Mac. Yep. And if he has progressed at that point, then maybe you'll see him play a little bit more in the preseason games. And then at that third preseason game, which is the final one this year, that third game will be the telltale sign of where it's going to be. This thing is sped up, as you mentioned. And it tells me that this is a legitimate quarterback competition, that if you thought Mac Jones didn't have much of a chance to start in week one, you need to start thinking differently. Because this mm -hmm. certainly looks like the coaches believe he can start week one and be the guy, which I think tells us an awful lot. The other thing I would say is I love how Mac Jones has handled this. And what I mean by that is early on, he's learning the offense. Early on, he takes the checkdowns. Early on, he doesn't push it downfield. He's getting a feel for what he's going to see, what he's supposed to call. And he understands. He's mature enough to pull himself out of it and say, all right, I've got to give myself this time. He spoke to the media about it, saying, I'm, I'm kind of like adjusting here. And then once he felt comfortable, he knew he did, and he said, okay, now is the next step in the process. Now, I don't know if the coaches told him that or not, or if it was a natural, organic thing that happened within himself, but he took his time, he learned the foundational stuff, and now he seems to be kicking it into another gear, 
which I love. And it also speaks to his competitiveness that we've read about. The, the story about him and Nick Saban when he told Saban, you know, hey, I, I keep beating you. Well, you know, do something about it. Like, mm-hmm. see that, comp- that that competitiveness within Mac. With all of that said, I think we look, we have to look at the big picture here, Greg. Yep. And the big picture to me is, is Mac Jones wowing people to a certain extent because it's Mac Jones and what he's doing, or does Mac Jones look a little bit better because he's going against Cam, Stidham, and Hoyer. Yeah, it's it's a great question. It's actually the biggest question. Everybody everybody gets fixated, like you said, on the the micro that you know. Okay, what what's Mac Jones Mac Jones doing? What kind of reps is he getting? You know, the essential question is is how good is Mac Jones and how good has he been? And look, I think he's been okay. I wouldn't go any further than that. I think that his his performance has been enhanced by what's around him. Let's let's be honest. This isn't exactly Montana and Young out there competing on the backfields at Gillette. You know, that is this is. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I think that look, he's been good, and I think that more than anything, you see the potential that he has in this offense. And I think you also, I do think you have to grade him on a curve at this point that they are throwing a lot at him. It's a pretty damn good defense out there, even without Stefan Gilmore out there. Um, you know, there's a, they're throwing a lot out there pressure wise at this kid. He's doing a pretty good job. I mean, he's not perfect. You know, Kyle Van Noy and Hightower both picked him off today. Hightower's play was ridiculous. Mac Jones thought he had like a little bloop pass beyond the linebackers in Hightower, if anybody had any doubts about him uh, and his football shape or whatever coming back, I mean, Hightower took two steps backwards and then just leaped into the air and sort of potted out of the air. It was, it was an incredible play, and you're just like, oh, 54's back. That's nice. That's, that's <laughs> nice to have there in the middle of the defense. Now I remember um, it looked like. Nice. Yeah, but I will say, look, there was a period where I have it written down here. Uh, Mac Jones complete to Nelson Aguilar, flat-footed throw, low, uh, barely got there. 50 complete to 13 and out, little late and low. Uh, 50 complete to 15, not much zip on the ball. I wonder if his arm is tired from all the reps because they have had, I think, three practices – or excuse me, five practices now in the span of a week, which is probably a lot from where he's been. So there might be a little bit of a fatigue factor. but so, you know, I think he's been, I'm just excited for the way that he operates the offense. I think that's what the coaches are excited about. The physical tools, you know, he's not going to wow you. There aren't going to be many, th- he might throw a deep pass here and there with some nice touch down there. And you're like, oh, damn, that's good. But he's not going to throw a 20 yard out from the opposite hash mark. And you're going to be like, that thing had a lot of mustard on it. That was a nice throw. He's not going to do that. But he he's, you know, I've during the draft process, some people said Chad Pennington, early Chad Pennington. I, I, w- I would say that's that's not a terrible uh, comparison. Um, but then again, quarterbacks, if they're healthy, should get more and more velocity as they're in the league, incru- including by the former guy. You know, didn't throw with a lot of heat when he was younger. By the end, even now, there are some throws that Tom Brady makes where I'm just like, man, that had some mustard on it. Yeah. And so Mac Jones isn't there. He's he, he, I think he's been good. I do think it's a whole comparison thing. If 
you know, if, you know, Josh Allen and, uh, you know, whoever else was out there, you'd be like, well, well, Mac Jones has a long ways to go. But for what the Patriots need to operate their offense, we're really, eh, this is going to be blasphemous. And I'm sure this is going to be played on Felger and Maz. Hi, Jimmy. And, and other things, but like really where they think the, the system is the star. Um, then I think Mac Jones is perfect for what they can do. And I think you, you just look at how he can grow. I will say about the quote you mentioned, Mac Jones, that sandbagging son of a bitch. He totally <laughs> was sandbagging last week to the media. And some of them bought it hook, line, and sinker when he was like, yeah, I just need to figure out where I, you know, need to walk in the door. I don't even know, you know, where the mic is or anything. He knows exactly what he's doing. That is a combination of him being smarter than all of us and also having played for Nick Saban at Alabama where he learned all this stuff. He is a sandbagging son of a bitch and don't believe anything that he says because this kid is very smart and uh, there is at least going to be a quarterback competition this summer. Yeah, and I think, you know, to to put a bow on the quarterback talk here, I, I just think it's he's come as advertised. Like everything that we read about with Mac, everything that we saw at Alabama, everything we thought he was going to be so far, he has been, if not a tick better from what I read. So I think you got to be happy. And and I, I take the point as a fair one. It's not like he's going against younger Montana. As you said, it's not Favre and Rogers. It's a, it's not that level of talent, but I, I would also flip that and say, if he was really struggling, panic would be in the streets. So at least he's yep. not panicking. I mean, at least he's not struggling, causing panic in the streets, and he has been as advertised. Before we get to three up, three down, just quickly, Stephon Gilmore, not at mandatory minicamp. We haven't talked about it on this podcast with him officially not being there. Does this thing get done at a certain point, or are you concerned at all about Gilmore this year maybe not being a Patriot? I'm not all that concerned just because the Patriots don't really have any other options. I mean, internally, I would say the best option is Michael Jackson, the veteran cornerback. I actually think he's been pretty good in camp. I don't think Jalen Mills is a cornerback long-term for this team. Um, I think, you know, you've seen what he did with the Eagles at times. Uh, I think he earned a nickname toast in Philly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's not always good. I, you know, I like avocado on my toast, not um, touchdown passes. So um so I, they don't have many other options. Richard Sherman is out there as a free agent. He's expensive. He's old, and he's not a man cover corner. And the Patriots play almost exclusively man coverage now. So Gilmore knows he has them between a rock and a hard place. Uh, I think ultimately, and look, I think his health factors into this. And Dr. Jessica Flynn, who contributes to us at BSJ, tweeted today, like, you know, a torn, a partially torn quad is five months return to play. Yeah. Um. Uh, uh, or something like that, or a torn quad is like six months return to play. I don't think we're at either stage yet. So we, who even knows what he can do at this point in time? And I'm sure maybe the Patriots are waiting until I, – I, I wouldn't be surprised if both sides are waiting to see until he's healthy, get him in for a physical, see what goes on, how everything's going with him. I think ultimately the smart way for both sides, unless the Patriots get a king ransom and a trade, which I would be open to, uh, I think that they extend him one year, sort of the Brady deal, where they st- uh, put on a dummy year. He gets more money for this year. It voids. He's a free agent um, next year. That's where I think this ends up. All right, let's run through it. Three up. Three up. So three things that I am excited about from camp so far. 
Um, I would say number one is the front seven combinations. Like it's, it's dizzying. I can't keep track of it, Nick. I'm not even going to try to keep track of it between, you know, how many defensive linemen are on the field, how many linebackers, how many safeties. I thought this was going to happen. We've been talking about it. I've been writing about it on BSJ that, uh, that this was going to come. I mean, I, I see plenty of sets where McCourty Phillips and Duggar are all on the field at the same time. Uh, there's so much versatility. Kyle Van Noy lines up all over the place. Hightower lines up all over the place. Josh Uche might've hurt something a little bit uh, along with Nikhil Harry hurt something today, by the way, uh, just to, to make note of that. Um, they're, they're all over the place. And so like, I, I don't know. It's exciting. I'll just say that. I don't know what to make of it. And the point is you don't want the, the opponent to know what to make out of it. And I would just say, Seeing all those athletes on the field at various times together, uh, you think the Patriots have something there. So yeah. that's the first thing. I mean, versatility, um, talent, and depth, those three things we've talked about on the defense, they have that after the offseason and free agency. I, I expect to have a lot of fun watching how they mix and match up front. I would say the number two thing that I'm excited about for camp is um, it's just Jones's mental acuity in terms of you know, diagnosing things. It's just a quick decision-making. It reminds me, some of his his mannerisms today reminded me a little bit of Garoppolo when, you know, he was really at the height of his powers here uh, going into when Brady, you know, was was suspended. Uh, you know, it's just that stuff. And I think I think he just it's, – it's tantalizing to think of the different options he gives the offensive coaching staff. And I just don't know if Cam Newton does – does that at all and i wonder if that's the the tipping point at the at the end of the day all right what do you got for me at three uh at three um you know i do think i I, i've been excited by the activity from the wide receivers now i'm not going to say any of them have been dominating and and all this stuff but i'll just say they're extremely active and and they get down the field and they get in and out of their breaks. I mean, I'm talking about Aguilar. I'm talking about Bourne. I'm talking about Jacoby Myers. I'm talking about Zuber. I'm talking about Gunnar Olszewski. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of those guys, I'm sure I'm leaving guys out, not Nikhil Harry, even though I don't think he's been bad. I think there have been times after the catch where I'm like, oh, all right, there's a little explosion there. I like, I like to see that. But I, I just think um, I, I would say the speed's a lot better among the group on offense. I, I don't know whether I'm ready to say that among the defense, and that's a little bit of a concern of mine. Uh, but I would say the speed on um, on defense on the uh, on offense on the edge uh, has me at least somewhat intrigued. All right, so three things that you might not be as excited about from what you've seen. Well, I mean, I would say number one is Johnny Smith going lasting like half a practice. Yeah. Um, uh, look, you don't show up to OTAs. I understand it's voluntary, blah, blah, blah. But then you come out and you, you, you know, you tweak your hamstring after half a practice. And I understand it was in the rain. So that probably contributed to it. But, you know, don't really, yeah, don't really love that. Don't, don't love seeing, you know, this is the guy who was first that they signed first. Uh, yes, they have the similar contracts, but, this is the guy they targeted, and uh, he needs to get reps. He needs to get reps with Mac Jones and, and Cam Newton, and um, that he's a spectator. Uh, not good, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, 
I see the report that he, you know, comes up a little bit lame with the hammy. Hunter Henry had a little bit of a tweak earlier on as well. And it's like, oh, come yep. on. Here we go now. With I just I want to see these guys healthy. I want to see what this offense can do. I don't need any muscle tweaks. So hopefully John who gets through this pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, hopefully this is all minor stuff and they're all full go, ready to go at training camp. But this is not a great start for some of these guys. No. What was your second thing on the list? Uh, the second thing on the list I would say is, um, and I just had it in my mind. It just slipped my mind. Uh -oh. Um, yeah. Uh, offense, offense defense. Oh yes. It was offense. Uh, James white. Um, he's had drops a lot in this camp and he's been mad at himself and things like that. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying he's going to get cut or anything like that. It was just something that you know, normally James White, and he's had a lot of good plays too. But normally James White is so has been so good that you even forget about it. And we talked about how rough last year was for him, and um, you know, off the field. Number one, uh, number two, he wasn't great on the field, and that's just a fact. Um, yep. He probably had his worst season with the Patriots, from you know, catching passes and production to blitz pickup. It was not as good as it normally is, and. Uh, you know, this wasn't um, so far has not been a good showing for him, but you know, we'll see what he does in camp. All right. So your last one on the list, uh, as far as things that uh, don't you don't have you as excited as you hoped they, they might have you excited. Yeah. I, I, I don't know the reason for it. And, and I am still excited about um, Quinn Nordine or whatever his name is, the place kicker from Michigan. Right. And I got to say, oh, um, that's right. I got to say, I'm, I was very excited to read um, Bob Sochi's uh, reporter's notebook or whatever he calls it. And he was talking about Nordine and he talked to Shane Graham, the former um, half season puncher, uh, place kicker for the Patriots, longtime Bengal and stuff like that. And I guess he's a coach or I don't know, something like that. But he's worked with Nordine. And you and I talked about when I brought him up, I talked about that the ball just sounds different off of his foot. And I equated it to some of the other things that I've heard in sports that have been, been like, you know, that doesn't sound right, including Grace Park, the former LPJ golfer. Uh, but Shane Graham said almost the exact same thing. He's like, I don't know if I've ever seen a kicker make contact the way that he does and like how violent it is. And so I kind of like that. But the, the point of my number three thing is, I just don't – there's too many specialists on the field. Like, what are we doing here? Too many <laughs> kickers, too many punters, too many long snappers. Like, like there aren't any, you know, cornerbacks or, you know, wide receivers that they can be trying. Like, why Why all these kickers? And, like, let's figure it out. We should be – it should take you, like, a day or two to figure it out. I mean, Roberto Aguayo's out there, Nick Folk's out there, um, you know, with his dad bod looking, you know, fresh. And, you know, you got Nordine with a cannon for a right leg. Like – you know, what are we doing here? Let's figure things out. Let's pare things down. Let's get a move on. A little cluttered. All right, so let's get to the uh, <laughs> BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Don't forget their annual plan, uh, $39.99, all sorts of great stuff and coverage from all the Boston sports teams, including Greg's coverage of the Patriots, and uh, you get that Father's Day deal cranking as well. So check them out at BostonSportsJournal.com. The member question of the day, Greg. Yeah, the the member question of the day. I thought, I, and actually, I'm grabbing this from uh, from Twitter where uh, I saw this, and somebody said, 
It's scary when you pull things from Twitter. Yes, yes, it is. Um, so somebody asked me, and I'm trying to find it. All right. Well, Jamal, for some reason, has not been down on the Mac Jones talk. And and I love the guy. He's a good Twitter guy. He always gives feedback. And he he said, Mac Jones, fourth or fifth best QB in the draft. Let's not try to convince people he's Andrew Luck and the Pats got a steal at 15. And I just wanted to reply, and I replied to him on Twitter, but I just wanted to say, if Jamal is listening, uh, I appreciate you listening and following. But nobody in this corner is saying anything about Mac Jones being Andrew Luck. And I think we just had a segment basically detailing why he's not Andrew Luck at this point in time. And by the way, Andrew Luck wasn't that good, just to let people know. Um, he, <laughs> he, he really wasn't at the end of the day. And I got in a I got a whole crap ton of stuff for writing a uh, column for Sports Illustrated to say he might be at some point in time, but Andrew Luck is not great yet. And boy, the blowback I got. And guess what? He was not good to finish the rest of his short career. So, look, nobody's saying that Mac Jones is Andrew Luck. Uh, he's got a long ways to go. Um, he certainly could look a lot better because of his surroundings here. Sort of, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, we've all had beer goggles in college and other times and at Nick's bar down there in Virginia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh I think I'm, I, I have a serious case of QB goggles and that might be going on at this point in time after the last year, but look, kids got a long ways to go. I can't, I can't even tell you right now whether he can play winning football for this team. I think he can, but we'll see. But first he's got to win the job. And I think uh, today was a big step towards doing that, but it could all flip on its head tomorrow because the coach here is William Steven Belichick and he just loves to screw with us. He does. And, and there's this just weird thing in 2021 when you just like, you're not allowed to enjoy stuff. You're not allowed to give credit to anybody. And if, if you, if yep. you say something nice about a player, Oh, come on. He's not the greatest of all time. Everybody just take a deep breath. I mean, we, we can credit the guy for looking like he, he knows things and understands stuff out there very early in the camp process. We, we can objectively talk about this stuff without losing our minds. Everybody calm down. Nobody's saying he's Dan Marino or John Elway or Tom Brady. Nobody's saying that. We're just talking about observations and what he's been able to handle early on. And it's not the worst thing in the world to try to be a little optimistic and say, hey, you know, maybe they actually drafted a guy at 15 who can play the quarterback position. That would be pretty cool. Nobody's saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So it's just more 2021 stuff. As I said, it's, you know, sometimes it's dangerous, that Twitter world. Uh, he is Greg Bedard. I am Nick Cattles. That'll do it for this episode of the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Everybody be well. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>